Welcome to the Business Bookshelf, where I interview business authors and talk about their newly released books. Today, I interview Angie Morgan about her book, Spark, How to Lead Yourself and Others to Greater Success. The book is co-authored with her business partner, Courtney Lynch. Shortly after the launch of her professional career, Angie saw a need in the workplace. Professionals consistently showed the capacity to be leaders, but no one was actively helping them get there. Angie founded Lead Star to help professionals understand how they can achieve greater success by implementing leadership practices into their work routines. Her remedy? Designing leadership programs that are culturally relevant for her clients and focusing on results. As a keynote speaker and workshop facilitator, Angie inspires individuals to take action to ensure their performance is high and their goals are achieved. So like I said, Angie is the co-author of Spark, How to Lead Yourself and Others to Greater Success. Sparks are the doers, thinkers, innovators, and key influencers who are catalysts for personal and organizational change. But these extraordinary individuals aren't defined by the place they hold on an organizational chart. They are defined by their actions, commitment, and will. So leadership experts Angie Morgan, Courtney Lynch, and Sean Lynch show how you can become a spark by cultivating seven key leadership behaviors. Grounded in the latest research on leadership development, this fresh, accessible roadmap is packed with real-world stories from inside companies like Facebook, Google, and Boston Scientific. And from the author's own high-stakes, challenging experience serving in the U.S. Armed Forces. With Spark as a blueprint, anyone can become a catalyst for change, and any organization can identify and develop Sparks. So enjoy the interview. Hey, thank you so much, Lance. I'm really happy to be here. It's amazing. I'm always very grateful when people give their time to speak to me and the listeners of the podcast. So Angie, where do I find you today? I live in Northern Michigan in the United States. So in a wonderful little resort community called Traverse City, and it's right on the Great Lakes. So we have fresh water, no sharks, no salt. (laughs) And what made you select Michigan to live in? Um, What do you do on the weekends? Uh, What do you love about where you live? Yeah, uh, great question. I could talk forever about this. I grew up in this region, so this is home. But I left home for about 25 years and came back to raise my kids. And we have a full four seasons here. So we love to ski, cross-country ski, bike. We do a lot of road races in the summer. We swim, boat. Everything is accessible from our backyard. We love it. Sounds fantastic. Um, So Angie... Could you start by giving the listeners a bit about your career, you know, how you got where you are, and then um, a little bit about LeadStar, or they'll ask you about that at the end of the interview in more detail. Oh, perfect. Yeah. So again, growing up in a really small town in northern Michigan, all I really wanted to do was see the world. My first step was going to the University of Michigan, which is a larger town for me but I knew that that wasn't going to fling me far enough into the world. So I enrolled during that time in Naval Reserve Officer Training, and that was going to bring me to becoming a Marine Corps officer. And experience, yeah, that experience did not disappoint. And my dad had been a Marine. So joining the military didn't seem like such a foreign concept. It certainly had its challenges, but it, it was to me an exciting adventure to undertake. And in the Marine Corps, 
I lived all over the United States as far away as Hawaii and really had a wonderful time. And then after I left active duty um, and then started working in the private sector a bit and I stayed connected to a woman I started eventually started my business with, we both realized there was an opportunity to take some of what we learned about leadership in the Marines and bring it to the private se sector. So simple things like leadership in the military is used as a verb and everybody aspires to achieve it. And in the private sector, leadership is often referred to as a noun, like it's a place on an organizational chart, like your managers are your leaders. And that's just not how we saw leadership or at least learned how to lead. And so we wanted to share with business professionals that anyone at any level could in fact be a leader. It's not about positional authority, it's about behavior. A leader is someone who influences outcomes and inspires others. So we started our company, wrote our first book, Leading from the Front, wrote um, our second book, Spark, and now I've got another book coming into the future next year. Wow, hopefully I can interview you about that book as well. And so Angie, I just want to ask you a naughty little question because I remember now I've interviewed a submarine captain. I read a book. I've interviewed a Marine before and a Navy SEAL. So this is just a, a silly question really. But who's tougher, Navy SEALs or Marines? <laughs> I think it depends on the day. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so yeah, congratulations on your book, Spark, How to Lead Yourself and Others to Greater Success. And um, can we start at the beginning? And um, is the SPARK an acronym or what is a SPARK? Great, again, great question. Um, <laughs> what we tend to think of as SPARKs are the people who just stand out within organizations. They're the doers, they're the thinkers, they're the people who raise their hands and say, let us, let us do this, let us take the initiative. We like to think of them as the go-to individuals. So in my consulting world and the work that I do there and in my coaching, I, you know, Courtney, I, and our other co-author, Sean, we just wanted to say, like, how do we bottle up the behaviors that these go-to people are demonstrating to make them accessible to other people so other people can take these behaviors and implement them into their style and be standouts too. And so, and so our, really our aim with our book, Spark, was just sharing with others, like this is how you ignite success in your career. This is what we've been observing. These go-to people, yeah, they're, they're great people, but what they're demonstrating are behaviors that anybody can develop. And so with Spark, we write about seven critical leadership behaviors, or we call them leadership behaviors, that people can, act, can enact to be successful. And um, so this could be a long answer, but could you tell us what they are briefly? Yeah, so we take the reader in our book through first and foremost, confronting the myths about leadership. You know, I think people tend to think that leadership is about a title, that you're either born um, or, you know, born with leadership behaviors, which, which aren't necessarily true. You know, and I think people wait around for other people to tell them that they're a leader versus understanding that these are behaviors that you can enact by yourself. So we start there. Then we transition to talk about these exact behaviors. And it's things like, you know, your character which you develop throughout your life. It's your credibility, which makes you trustworthy and dependable. It's being accountable, being of service to others, consistency, confidence, um, these types of skills that 
again, aren't always in the mainstream of a professional's learning and development experience, yeah. but they're absolutely critical for success. Like, you know, I know Lance, if I were to say, what makes somebody trustworthy to you? And it does often come down to the, the basics of, you know, I can count on them. Mm. I can count on what they do. What they say is what they're actually going to do. Oh, fantastic. Um, you also talk about leadership myths. Um, and maybe could you mention what those are? What are the three leadership myths that you mention in your book? Yeah, um, and this starts off with the beginning of the book where we really tackle those um, from the get-go. Mm. We really want to demystify leadership. Again, people think it's something that you could be born with when the reality is that most of the leadership skills that we have are things that are nurture related, developed throughout our life. And so that's one of the really critical things we wanna share with people. Yeah, you may have been gifted with some great DNA that would make you more influential. You know, like extroversion, for example, is something that can be hardwired, but that doesn't mean, you know, if you're not an extrovert that you can't be a leader. In fact, you absolutely can. Most of the behaviors that you develop are um, things that you can, you know, actively and participatively, if that's a word, develop throughout your career. Also too, like people tend to think of leaders as, oh, I'm not a leader, I'm not a manager, I'm not a supervisor, it's just not true. Leadership is about a person's ability to influence and inspire. Yeah. And that's it, like influence and inspire. You do not need a title to be able to do that. And also too, I think a lot of people wait for somebody to tell them that they're a leader. When you don't, you can, you know, there's no crown that somebody is going to anoint you with. You can say, hey, I'm a leader and then demonstrate leadership skills, actively build your leadership skills. So, so those are some of the myths that we like to confront head on just to get the reader to buy into the fact that maybe just maybe, They've been thinking about leadership all wrong for a very long time. Mm. I just remembered that the ship captain that I interviewed was David Marquet, so L. David Marquet, and yeah. he's definitely an introvert, and yet he's used that introvert ability to become a great leader. And so when he when he does his leadership, he puts other people in charge. So he almost like raises other people to think for themselves, to be, behave independently. And that's the way, as an introvert, he's been able to see that and be an excellent leader as an introvert. So I fully agree with you 100%. I, I love his work. I think he does a fantastic job of just sharing some of these military leadership best practices mm. that oftentimes most professionals just don't get exposed to. Less than you know 1% of American society has served in the military. And while not everything translates perfectly into the private sector, there are some gems of best practices buried there. Yeah, absolutely. So Angie, I'm gonna quote your book and here is the quote. Your spark development begins when you opt into the process by rethinking what real leadership is and appreciating that you have really great raw material to work with. And I love that, you know, it's so positive that we all have this great raw material to work with. And then you carry on saying that you have activities that can help us to develop self-awareness and growth mindset. Can you maybe talk about that quote about, you know, the great raw materials each of us have and then what activities we can do to develop it? Oh, yeah. No, it, it's, it's funny that we were talking about this because I was recently talking to one of my coaching clients and she wanted to develop her leadership style. And as she was talking, it was very clear to me that she wanted to develop her leadership style 
into something else, something that just was very inauthentic to her. And I just had to stop her for a second and say, you've got the most incredible style. You've got this cool confidence. You've got this soft-spoken voice. But when you speak, people listen. Why would you want to change that? Wow. And I think people realize that what they have is great enough to get you into the arena of leadership. You don't need to change that. You just need to be more confident with it. And so letting people know that they don't have to act a role or play a part to be a leader. They've got what it takes. I hope is refreshing. And I'm glad that you pulled that out. And I think the, and maybe you can talk about this a little bit, the, the roles of a leader have changed so much in the modern world that we live in. And so, you know, maybe 50 years ago, you needed an A type personality driver, domineering, you know, type of person to lead a company. But now it's about empathy. It's about, you know, humility, and all these kind of new things that you know leaders have, and so anyone can be a leader if they even you know, if they show those almost like soft skills that are so important today in leadership. What do you think about that? Hundred percent agree. Yes, and I and I think as the thinking around what real leadership is evolves, we're going to see even softer skills. But we work in a knowledge economy. We work with human beings. If um, all we did was work with, you know, trucks or vehicles, then yeah, command and control works great. But it doesn't always work when we have thinking, feeling, vibrant individuals who surround us that thrive when they feel a connection to the individuals they're surrounded by. And that's what we hope to just share. And just to remind people that, again, anyone can develop these behaviors. Anyone can do it. And where you start is just how you think about it. Thoughts become beliefs, become behaviors. And so one of the most important relationships you have as a leader is the one with yourself. So tuning inward for a bit and thinking about how you think about things is really important. It's, you can always change your mind about how you see yourself, yeah. how you see it's just really being aware yeah 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 definitely um so angie you spoke about trust uh, you know at the beginning of the interview and you asked me what i thought about trust and uh, i don't think people are interested to know what i think <laughs> what do you think about trust what when you think of a trustworthy person like courtney etc what do you think of trust and why do you trust courtney yeah you know courtney and i've been friends since the marine corps that's mm. gosh almost 25 years if not a little bit more than that ago. And people often wonder, because we've been in business for nearly 18 years together, wow. what makes our relationship work? Is it because you're friends? And I'll honestly share that I have a lot of friends who I'd never be in business with. But I'm <laughs> in business with her because I trust her explicitly, implicitly. She's got my back. And if you've ever been in a relationship or a working professional relationship with somebody that you didn't trust, that didn't have your back, you know how that felt. Yeah. And you probably over time unintentionally just you know, started to turn away for the organization. When trust is present in organizations, people give their discretionary effort because they're looking out for one another. And I like to think about discretionary effort as effort I'd give if I really was connected and in tune to the environment and the people I'm working with. And that discretionary effort for businesses can be thousands, if not millions of dollars. And so I know we sometimes think about these things as soft skills like trust, but it is a hard skill. Yeah. It's 
engagement, retention, results, anywhere on a profit and loss statement, you're going to see trust can hit any of those. Absolutely. It's so important. Uh, my last interview was with someone who helps startups and companies develop. And he was saying, you know, when, when the company is going along normally, then it's not a problem for, you know, the owners of the company to get along. It's when the company hits the, you know, it doesn't do so well, then all the allegations come out. Or if the company is doing very, very well, and then someone will get greedy or try and take too much or something like that. And so I guess that's where trust comes in, like thick or thin, you've got each other's back, whether, you know, you're going through troubles or you're making so much money that you don't know what to do with it. <laughs> you know, I always think about when do we need leaders? And when things are going great, we probably need cheerleaders more than leaders. But when things are going tough, that's when people's true colors emerge, right? That's when you get to really see their character. Yeah. And that's why I think it's really critical for people on this path of growing and developing their leadership skills to start, start where you are, because these skills take time to develop. And when you need them, when things aren't going your way, you're going to want to be there. You're going to want them to be there for you. So you know necessarily how to behave. Like you want to be the person who is calm in crisis that takes time to develop. You want to be the sound decision maker. You need bandwidth to be able to do that. So you have to develop behaviors. So you're consistent. All yeah. these things I think we, we, tend to, we tend to take for granted. But if we realize, again, these can be developed through time with intention. It's kind of exhilarating. Mm, mm, super. And um, so I want to ask you another question um, around the Galatia effect. And maybe I'm not even pronouncing it right. And you say, before you lead others, a person needs to lead themselves. And I haven't heard of the Galatia effect. I don't know if people listening to the podcast have. What is that? What is the Galatia effect? Yeah, uh, it's kind of when we were doing research for Spark, we stumbled upon it too. I'd heard of like the Pygmalion of management. It's kind of in the same space. It's like, you know, if you have high expectations for others, they rise and fall based on your expectations. That was the Pygmalion. But then we stumbled onto the Galatia effect. And this was using your values and how they can be um, self-fulfilling prophecies. And so it's, you know, again, the Galatia effect was, you know, coming from ancient Greek you know, yes. myths, stories and things like that. But, but pretty much what it means for us in now this modern day is your values. Your values drive your, should drive your decisions. They always don't. If we ever wonder why bad people, well, good people do bad things, it's often because their values are disconnected from them. They're not present in their life. So the Galatia effect is that your values are close to you. And when they are close to you, they serve as self-fulfilling prophecies. Like they manifest into your daily behavior. And that's really key for anyone on their leadership journey is to be really crystal clear on your values because as you grow, um, your more opportunities are gonna come your way. It's easy to make bad decisions when your values aren't present. But when you use your values as, you know, your North Star, you know, your, your true North, your compass, yeah. you're not able to find that you're living more consistently the life that you intended to live but your decisions are going to be more, com not, maybe not comfortable, but more comforting because they are really grounded in what matters most to you. Mm. 
So this, this seems to be a definition for it on the internet. Um, and it, it speaks exactly what you just said. The glacier effect is one of self-efficacy, <laughs> which is something in itself I have to look up. The belief and trust in oneself and one's ability and potential to succeed. Employees' beliefs about their ability to perform at a certain level actually impact how they perform. So exactly what you said. Thank you, Angie. Um, so I, I host this podcast, and so every now and again, I get a bit selfish about it and ask a question that's directly related to me. And so I, I guess the last question about your book is you say we've got to imagine our future, and I agree with you completely. And then you say it gets more difficult as you get older. And I turned 50 in December, and you say, you know, so <laughs> do you have any advice for me or anyone who's listening to this podcast who's 50 or 55 or 60? Can we still imagine our future, and how should we do it? There is this great researcher, his name is Dan Gilbert, and he has done a tremendous amount of research that says that as we get older, our visions for our future and expectations for ourselves tend to shrink, tend to get lower because we just don't assume that we just assume that we don't have a lot of change left in our lives. And so we, you know, again, from our vision of our future self, we kind of lessen our expectation. And his research is tremendous. It says we have a lot of change. Our runway is really long. We've got so much potential. And sometimes as professionals, as later in life adults, you know, mid-career adult here, we underestimate that. And there's a cost to that underestimization. Yeah. You know, I think we can all appreciate how much change physical, emotional, everything that we have between, you know, when we were born by the time we're 21. And we may not have that dramatic of a change um, going, you know, 45, 50, a little bit older, but we still have so much transformation. And so just to not stop pushing yourself, not stop challenging yourself, getting a, a vision that is a little bit higher than a previous expectation. And that to me is really exciting for all of us. And so we, we write about this um, very much at the beat. So the Glady effect and about this vision of your future self at the beginning of Spark, because what we want people to do is have a broader vision about their life where leadership skills and using them can help them get there. Hmm. And Angie, you do such an amazing work. Could you possibly think about a success story that you've helped and um, you know, become a, a strong leader and guided that person through the different processes and emerging as a, as a strong leader. Could you share an example for us? Yeah, you know, I, I, I do a lot of executive coaching um, and this has been really rewarding for me to have, you know, smart, talented professionals um, to share their stories with me. And one person I'm thinking about that I'm working with right now, really talented senior leader in an organization. And what she suffers from is just confidence. You know, she, just, you know, sometimes holds back a bit in meetings, holds back her ideas, doesn't want to rock the boat. And we've been, and so you brought up that word self-efficacy because that also is connected to confidence. Your self-efficacy is your belief that you can handle the task at hand. It's like, you're going to do as well as you think you're going to do in those moments when you're tested. And so just working with her and, and I just talked with her last week and she had a really successful confrontation with her boss about an issue that was really bothering her. And it led to just a really wonderful exchange that wouldn't have happened had she not had the courage and confidence to raise this issue to her boss of all people. Yeah. And so when I work with executives, um, 
these are some of the skills and issues that we focus on. It's not just, you know, having those tough conversations, but it's, you know, negotiating for yourself, advocating for yourself, um, being really direct and intentional about, about what you want in your career and strategizing to achieve it. Hmm. Um, so we've been speaking to Angie Morgan about her fantastic book, Spark, who she co-authored, and it's how to lead yourself and others to greater success. And you mentioned what you do and, you know, an example of what you do, and that's for Lead Star, your company. Could you give us an overview or a summary of what Lead Star does? Yeah, my business partner, Courtney, and I, for 18 years, we partner with businesses to help them achieve results through their talent. And so sometimes that's working with HR teams to design development programs or experiences to, you know, develop skills within specific employee populations. Sometimes it's coaching, sometimes it's keynoting. What I love about my work for the past 18 years is the day is always different <laughs> than the one prior. <laughs> <laughs> and I get to talk to people like you. And so, um, and we also get to write and blog a lot. We have a blog at leadstar.us that we share on a weekly basis, just insights. We've been writing a lot about COVID right now and just some of the, in the U.S. at least, the return to office. I think that's been a big, um, just, you know, big issue on the mind of many of our clients right now is how do we successfully return to office while preserving some of the things actually about the COVID pandemic experience that worked for us, like greater yeah. flexibility and benefits. So the website is leadstar.us. So people, um, sometimes when they, they listen to the author, they like to go and see what they do. So leadstar.us, and I'll have that link in the show notes. And then if you go to the website, you can get a download, which three ways to instantly improve as a leader, which I'm sure is really, really useful. Um, and then you've also, those blogs, are those the leadership articles that people can access? They can sign up for our weekly newsletter, which is our um, article too. And if you get the book Spark, you'll notice that there's a URL scattered throughout it. And that's a separate website. It's sparkslead.us. And there are a host of free videos, um, PowerPoint decks, um, handouts, reflection exercises, everything you need to either you know, reflect on some of the content in Spark or even bring it to your office environment too if you wanna do some sort of lunch and learn presentation. We also have community college professionals who use our resources to bring to the classroom, you know, as an example. So a lot of free resources and tools there. Wonderful. Did you say it was sparklead.us? Yep, sparkslead. So S-P-A-R-K-S-L-E-A-D. Ah, okay. So sparkslead. I'll, and I'll have that link in the show notes as well. That's a fantastic resource. And Angie, how could people get hold of you if they want to contact you, um, you know, and you know, be for you to be a mentor or coach them. How do they? How's best to contact you? You know, connect with me on LinkedIn or through Leadstar.us. There's okay. a contact page there. Uh, feel free to reach out. Awesome, that's fantastic. Thank you so much, Angie. I really, really appreciate your time, and thank you so much for all that you do, and for your book Spark: How to Lead Yourself and Others to Greater Success. I really enjoyed the book, and it's been a pleasure talking to you. Thank you so much. I appreciate it as well. Thank Good you, luck. Angie. And I hope you, the listener, found this as interesting and useful as I did. You definitely need to buy the book. Um, and I'll have all the, the two links to the book website and to the company lead site, Lead Star. And um, if you'd like to contact me, then please do. My email is lance at ideastorm.co.za. Occasionally people email me, which I always appreciate. And the website is thebusinessbookshelfpodcast.com. 
So until next time, thank you, Angie, and goodbye to everyone. We, it seems like we're almost out of this COVID stuff, so hope, all fingers crossed and everything. But thank you very much. Thanks, Angie. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you.